Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Corey Rosen, and you're listening to The Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Mr. John Garcia. Harrisburg, PA's John Garcia of John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics has been honing his infectious brand of pop rock since 2013. Fans of Reliant K and Switchfoot will take note of the anthemic quality and beautiful melodies present in each of his tracks. Growing up in Los Angeles, California, his family relocated east to the shores of Havre de Grace, Maryland, at the mouth of the Susquehanna River and at the head of the Chesapeake Bay. While in Havre de Grace, he spent a considerable amount of time in and around Baltimore, Maryland's music scene, playing shows at the Ottoman Sidebar, the Wrecker Theater, World Cafe in Wilmington, Delaware, Angels Rock Bar, Fish Head Cantina, UMBC Quadamania, Towson, Raven Inn, (laughs) and many other venues in the tri-state region where he later ventured into the central PA music community. While his backing band, The Hopeless Romantics, has undergone a few lineup changes over the years, one key element of the music is undeniable. Garcia's purpose and drive to find the tastiest pop hooks that he can still stake a claim to and record them to the sheer delight of his audiences. He has performed in the Millennial Music Conference, also in Harrisburg, and singer-songwriter Kate May in New Jersey, Dewey Beach Music Conference in Ocean City, Maryland. So, in short, if you are in the mood for some sweet pop rock indie jams, be sure to check out Gonzo's... I did it again. John John Garcia Garcia. and the Hopeless Romantics (laughs) coming to a town near you. It's all good. It's a lot of words there. It is a lot of words there. Anyway, John, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm good, man. I'm excited. Um, really, really excited. Been looking forward to this like since we talked. What was that? Like like a month ago or something. A month ago. De- a definitely just great conversation. But um yeah, no, I've just been excited about all this. So let's get right into it, diving right down deep into you are born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Uh does your music journey start there or later? No. It starts way later, uh, way later, because like my dad um, worked for a Christian organization called World Vision, mm-hmm. and slash he was like a missionary and like all that stuff, um, and so like he was like in and out, and then not to mention like he had like a third job to where he was working for like a uniform company, and so he was like nonstop, um, basically from this location from the East Coast, mm-hmm. and then all the way to the West Coast. And he did that basically for about, like, two years. And then after that, he was like, all right, well, I need to, like, make a decision here. Am I going right. to stay here in the West Coast? And he had some, like, job opportunities that were, like, really, really cool. And then he was like, all right, well, I just need to, like, really go off of this opportunity Mm-hmm. And be, basically, I'm going to take a risk here. And so that's what he did. He moved to Maryland. Um, and then basically when I was like, music has always been involved in my life. Like basically I grew up in a Christian church and everything like that, always being a part of the worship team and, and stuff like that with my mom. Um, and then when I really just started writing, um, it really just started for me when um, I was like, 16 or 15 and I just wanted to write my own stuff and I started writing with my sister and so we did that for a little bit my sister Jess who I was a part of a media production company called Springer Productions 
Um, and so we did that for a little bit. And then basically right after like high school and everything like that, I started to get really serious about my music. So like around like 17 or 18 is when I started to get really, really serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was just playing like these coffee houses because I had some songs and I was like really stoked on them. And I was just like, hey, let's like try these songs out. Let's see where they go. Um, and then after I did those songs, um, I was like, all right, whatever. And then <laughs> a bunch of my friends like, hit me up and they were like, hey, these are actually some good songs, man. And I was like, I'll be honest with you. I was about to throw them all away. Mm-hmm. And they and they're like, no, you should definitely play a lot more coffee houses. So that's kind of how it started for me. Um, and then because for the longest time, I just wanted to start my own band. Mm. Like, I'm not like a person that's like, I, I tell your, your friend and my friend Noah, right. I like this all the time. I'm just like, I'm not a person to get up in front and just be like, Hey, this is me. Like, yeah, I know, I know it's named John Garcia and I hope of semantics, but I'm just not that type of person. Right. Like I'm very much about like doing something like as a community, as a unit, as like, Hey, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's kind of like how that whole entire thing started with GHR. And so basically I was trying to form a band for a little bit and my bandmates just kept on telling me, they're like, yeah, it's cool, but these songs are really good. And so we like, maybe we should be your backing band and you should do that. And so that's what I did. And um, one of my old guitar players came up with a name called John Garcia and a Hopeless Romantics my friend Chris Allen, and I was like, nah, that's stupid. <laughs> I thought right. it was dumb. I really did. I thought it was dumb. I thought the whole name was dumb. I was like, no one's ever going to buy into this name. I don't like this name. It's a cheesy one. Isn't yeah, it? it was cheesy. It was corny. And I was very into like indie rock, grunge, like, let's go for it, uh, like struts. Mm-hmm. To a type of music and so i just wasn't into that and so um it just kind of grew on me and i was like maybe three or days three three or two days later i was like this is awesome like let's do this so that's kind of how it started and um we we basically for a while there we're just like playing music uh together um and that's kind of how the journey of J, uh, JHR kind of uh, kind of started and just turned into this pop rock thing. And then now it has just turned into an indie pop project. And I'm really excited about it. And so how long has it been since you started that? It's like what? Yeah, it's been it's it, it's been a solid like eight to ten years. So it, how have you seen uh, how has the band changed? You mentioned that the lineup hasn't always been the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, like being a solo artist, I mean, more so embracing that. Um, I feel like a lot of times, like just embracing that whole whole entire culture of, of being a solo artist and accepting that you're not always gonna have the same band. Mm. That's just the truth. You're uh, like, there's been a lot of denial with that. <laughs> there's been a lot of like, oh man, we need to have like the same lineup and everything like that. But that's just the truth. You're not gonna always have the same a same lineup, and you need to be able to have the positivity out of that and the negativity out of that. And I feel like if you're so focused on just like one thing and you're like, no, I need to accomplish this, you're kind of fighting against the win there. Mm. You know what I mean? And so like the way that it was like towards me, Corey, was just like, 
for a while there, I was fighting against it, and I wasn't embracing who I was individually as a solo artist. And I feel like that's the thing that, like, you kind of just got to find. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, that's that's sort of, like, how it was for me. And then it's crazy saying, like, eight to ten years later, but, like, because it didn't even feel like it. But, like, eight to ten years later, I finally found who I am. And, like, the music that I'm creating with Josh Angle, Carl, Carl Bonner, and, like, Noah Althoff right now is just, it's incredible. And it's, it, it's finally, I feel like I'm finally saying what I want to say instead of feeling like I'm in a box of what I'm supposed to say. And so I feel like a lot of artists like go through that journey. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, because it's like, oh, well, what's trending or what's in? And especially like in the saturated market that we're in. And it's like, oh, what's popular? And it's like, dude, forget that. Like, <laughs> forget that. Embrace who you are. Like, embrace your, uh, embrace your vulnerability. Like, embrace being honest. Like, don't fake it, man, just because it's popular. Like, just be true and honest of who of who you are and like and sorry to flip flop a little bit all over the place, but like with me and Noah's like relationship, that is one of the things that like he really encouraged me to do is just like you don't have to be this person that everybody wants you to be. Just be yourself, bro. So that so I hope that <laughs> I hope that's not too confusing for you. No, I, well it's kind of been a theme of the podcast is that you got to be who you are. You can't copy nobody else because yep. only you can be you. And the only way to gain true, authentic fans is to be you. Yep. And sometimes that's a long journey. It is. Sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. And and sadly for me, that's just what it what it took. You know, it's just like when you do music from like such a, a young age, you figure a lot of growing pains out. And it's either you can embrace those growing pains or you can figure it out along the way. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was just a little bit both. And so, but I'm just glad to be at the spot that I'm at, at right at right now. So having that changing lineup, going back to that, yeah. have you had uh, songs that you've actually, uh, like, quote-unquote, remastered or redone because th these other people had different ideas? or I would say the simple answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> The simple answer is no there, um, and hence is why we've held the EP out for so, uh, for so long, because we have an EP called the Kiss Kiss EP that will be dropping um, in June this summer that we're really, really, really stoked about. And it's like I said, I mean, like, you've changed as a person, mm -hmm. changed as an artist. Like, I hate it when fans are like, hey, I'm going to keep on pushing this off. And then two years later, that hype is not there anymore. You know, and it's like you lost that momentum. You lost right. you lost people's interest and stuff like that. And those are things that I learned, too. And so it's just the simple answer there is the main reason why I didn't drop a lot of that stuff is because personally, I just wasn't proud of it. I wasn't proud of the, the, the things that were coming out of that studio at the time. And I was going through the trial and error of like figuring out my team and the team and that team knowing me really well. And the truth is, I just worked with a lot of people that I just weren't going with that vision. Mm. And 
I had to figure that out, and they had to figure that out too. We're all good. It's just that's how it, that's how it happened. You know, it's not. It's never as simple as picking a studio and just doing it. You think so? You would think. <laughs> yeah, you would. You, you think so? You, really you think would. so when you and like and that's the thing. Like I hate it. Like when people like dig at pop because like they're like they're like oh yeah, just stick a bass drum behind it and you'll be fine. And I just think it's not as simple as putting an Adele record. Right. Because, like, there are a lot of layers to Adele's records. Like, if you really look at, like, at, like the authentic, like, songwriting that Adele does and her collaborative process, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, her last two records were put through at least, like, five or ten revisions to where she sent it to the record label and she was like, yo, is this good? And, and they're like, nope, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And I just, and I think that's one of the things that I've learned in the eight, eight to 10 years. It's just like, be patient, be persistent, keep on going on with what you're doing. And then one day, these things will start building up for you. And that's kind of what happened to me recently was like, I stopped trying to be somebody that everybody wanted me to be. And now I'm embracing who I am now. For those of you guys just joining, I'm seeing a lot of people joining on, on your live stream. This is the Story Podcast. And feel free to add in all the questions that you have to ask for John because we'll get around to them at some point. Yep. So you had talked about um, finding these, finding the right people, finding the right visions. What is your vision as John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics? Yeah, so I think if anything, it cha really changed this last summer when me and Noah were like talking about what we wanted to do. And um, what we wanted JHR to be and what we wanted it to actually, we didn't want it to actually just be a quirky, <laughs> a quirky Jonas Brothers, cute, this guy writes some love songs about some girls and we'll call right. it a day. <laughs> you get, it, it, it sounds like, right up there like with My Chemical Romance or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was one of those things to where I used to embrace like that type of thing. There's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong. But, it's but successful. It was, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also one of the things to where that's not all that I wanted out of it. And mm -hmm. I was changing as a person to where it's like, dude, I was talking about this at uh, Dark Road Daniel with Alan and, and, and all those guys. It's just like my life had just changed mm -hmm. since the pandemic, like in the last three years. Cause like we just had our first kid, you know, like, yeah, like, your life just turns upside down. You see the value of life. And it's just, like, it's not about you anymore. Right. You know? And it's just, like, and you more value the things that you assumed were in your, like, left corner. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think, like, that's the other thing that just really changed for me was just be a, being, a, being that way about it. And so my main vision for John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics is just, like, just be – real be you be in the moment and just be authentic so with that in mind how does your songwriting process work how does is it collaborative with no 100 100 percent. i think if anything we really embrace the zoom culture um <laughs> we really embrace the zoom culture during the pandemic because basically how it happened for us was that i was getting the kiss kiss ep wrapped with a friend of mine and it just wasn't working out. And we were trying to make it work, but it just wasn't working out. And I was done recording it. <laughs> like, 
this was my fifth go around with it. And I was just like, I was done. I want to record something new. And so we worked on that song called Forget It. And I was really stoked about it. And I was like, let's definitely like do something really cool here. And so what had happened was when I brought it to my friend Josh Engel. What's funny about it is that I brought this song to him like two years ago. Had a really awesome like type of experience. And we just weren't able to link up just because of life and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And so basically what had happened two years later, he hits me up and he's like, dude, I really want to get this song done. And I was just like, you know what? Let's do it. And so we booked something, we got the song done maybe in like three days, mixed and mastered, all that stuff recorded. It was a really quick turnaround, and you can just hear it in the track. It's really authentic and all all that stuff. And I just remember sitting back with Josh and just being like, we might have something here. Like, it shouldn't be this easy. Like, (laughs) Because when you go through like such a difficult process of everything, you're just like, it shouldn't be this easy. Like how is this thing done already? But it should be at mm-hmm. the same time. And so I was talking with Noah at that same time, and I was like, I really want to get like a power lineup of creatives together and stuff like that. Because I was just seeing at that time, and he was seeing at that time, to where it's just like, especially in the pop world, is like getting a bunch of just collaborators in a room. And let's just write. Right. Like, even if it's just, bad <laughs> let's just, be fun yeah let's yeah. write some demos let's just get all this stuff just like going and so that's just what we did and um that was basically really where a lot of things changed where i would send noah stuff and he would send me stuff and then i would send josh stuff and it just became more of a authentic thing to where it wasn't like oh it's not supposed to sound this way and that mentality just left and that's when it became more of an enjoyable thing, and that passion just came back. So we have Forget It lined up. Yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so Forget It was very much where I was at that time, and I was basically in a place to where I just moved here to Harrisburg, and I I basically reached the place to where I was just kind of done with fake relationships. And I was just like, you know what? Forget this. I'm just not doing this no more. That's not how, ha- and I'm talking romantic relationships, right, friendships, gotcha. just weeding people out. Right. And it was more geared towards a romantic relationship to where at that time I was single and dude, I was a man whore, man. <laughs> Going th- through things left and right. And, you know, and it's just, that's, that's how it was. And, you know, there was a lot of learning lessons there, but it was just a lot of just people just wasting my time. And because I was looking for a relationship and I was like, I just don't understand why this isn't working. Mm. And, you know, I would feel like something was going there and I'd be like, oh, this is so dope. And then immediate ghost. And I'm just like, what? What's what's happening here? And it just happened enough times to where I was just like, yeah, forget this. And I love that line. And that's kind of where that authenticness like started to happen, where I was really writing songs about what I was feeling. And at that same time is when I started to write No. Mm. Like No pretty much followed pretty quickly after that because – 
like I said, I I was living I lived in Maryland for about you know ten years, and I done that thing and I worked for a media production company called Springwood Productions and it was great and stuff like that but it was time it was time to do uh, me and my sister really close friends and stuff like that and it just come to a place to where we were like hey it's just better for us to just do our own dreams and um and so I went to Harrisburg because I felt like there was a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. and basically Jess had went to LA and so I was like, okay, cool, let's do that. And so that was very much me discovering life here in Harrisburg really on my own for the first time. And just being with a lot of my friends that were like, yeah, we're going to work with you. We're going to do this, 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 this. And I'm like, awesome, let's do it. And then I get there and it's just like, Nothing. dip. Yep. And, 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 and it's just like, you just... That's kind of how know and forget it were born because I was just like, I'm not gonna do this anymore. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let somebody like dictate my life in this way or define who I am. And so I was just like, kind of learning that lesson of independency, and really just really growing up in the last like or three years. Like I said, like us having having a kid, me being together with my fiance, Denver, and and that's been been going great. And it's just that just really just growing up. Um and just changing my direction in life. And obviously my music changed. And so as you heard, like right, right. <laughs> so so but yeah, no, that's I hope that's not too complicated of an oh. answer. Well with that said this is a Forget It by John Garcia. Forget it. Wish I was Superman. You wouldn't know who I am. Who is my girl without a cape? You're playing a Continue. It might be better to cut you out. The light is fading. 
That was Forget It by John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics. Dude, what a what a head-banging song that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because like some of the things I was listening to at the time, I was really into the struts. Mm. I was really into the struts. Um, I was really into Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. If you don't know them, they're awesome. Really, really, really dope. Um, and I was listening to a lot of Bonavere. Mm. Yeah, Bonavere is my jam all day. Like, I will listen to Bonavere because he's so good. Even Kanye was saying, like, about Bonavere, like, hey, he, how he gets, like, so much inspiration from him because he's just so much, like, next level. Like, I check him out. I've never heard of You ever heard Bonavere? Listen, Yo! I, I, people think because I run a music podcast, I know everything music. It is not true whatsoever. Yeah, no, I wouldn't assume that. Uh, my cup of tea is. 80s, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, pop music. That's my cup of tea. Dude, there's it. nothing wrong with that. No. What are you into? Uh, Elton John, favorite, Queen, uh, that whole era, Bon Jovi, all that stuff. I can see why you know a vibe, because like, we play an Elton John cover of uh, Saturday Night. Mm, yes. And that's, a, that's a, fun, a fun one to do. And there was one time I was thinking about starting a, a Queen cover band. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, there was one time we were think we were thinking about it, but it just didn't work out that way. But anyways, yeah, go uh, go ahead. Um, well, that's all I had to say about that. But in regards to uh your music, you have no coming out. You mm-hmm. have other stuff coming out. Is this a what can we expect for twenty twenty three? I think if anything, and that. That is not a simple answer. It is not a simple <laughs> No, it's answer. not a simple answer. Okay, so I'll just start out with this. Um, no is such a special track to me for all the reasons that I told you. Just moving from um a boom from Maryland to to Harrisburg at that time. And it it was just such a interesting process because when I first started writing No, I kind of wanted it to be a track that nobody heard. Because it was really me 
just being honest, like really honest about my life, really honest about where I was at and how I just felt. And it wasn't as simple as just friendships or like dating stuff. It was just, I was just done. I was done with being being treated so badly. And that's just where I was at. It wasn't like that with all the relationships, but for a majority it was. And I had just came to a place where I was like, no, forget this. I'm not doing this no more. And um, and if I did drop it, I wanted it to be really, really well done. And I knew the right person to do it was Noah Altoff. And we had talked, bas- basically this song is about three years old. We, we had really kept it on the back burner, me and Noah, for a long time because we wanted it to be special. We wanted it because we knew the, the potential of it. We knew that, like, if we do this right, like, we'll be able to, I guess, connect with a lot of our fans on a really deep and emotional way, and we'll be able to create a movement. Um, And that's kind of sort of what's happened with our team. Everybody that has just heard the song uh, with my manager, uh, Alexandra Herman, like, that's one of the reasons why she signed on with us. Like, she's like, this is a powerful song with our friend Callie um, who did the graphic for it. Like we didn't tell her anything that we wanted with the graphic. We were like, here's some basic ideas, but, <laughs> but she kind of just went for it. And uh, Callie and Alex just killed it. Um, and it just, that's kind of sort of been the journey with, with JHR recently. That has been our identity to where it's just like, don't be dictated based upon like some uh, something that somebody else wants for you. Mm-hmm. Just do what you feel like what is right and go for it. And um, I feel like there's so much power behind that. Um, and so that's something that was really hard for me to do. And because you're really just putting yourself out there and just being like, all right, <laughs> let's go for this. And so um, with that said, um, we're going to be – we posted about this like about a couple weeks ago. We're going to be dropping that single on New Year's Eve, and then we're going to be dropping the music video on New Year's Day. Uh, we're shooting, we just shot uh, the music video, the live stuff. And then we're going to be shooting some stuff tomorrow um, in Philly with our friend uh, Bob McCoy. He's done stuff for Era, he's done stuff for Texas in July, he's done stuff for August Burns Red. Um, he's done stuff for actually Josh's band, both bands, Illusion of Solace and, and, and elsewhere. Um, and he's just phenomenal. He's, he's been absolutely great with that whole entire experience. Totally. That's another one. Like he vibed with our journey Mm. when me and Noah like sat down during our zoom calls, like early on, like this was maybe in July, we were sitting down and we were like, this is what we want to do. We really want to capture like this feeling of vulnerability of just being done with somebody and being like, if it was an abusive relationship that you were done with, or if like it was a friendship that you had been with somebody for a while and you were just done, uh, done with their stuff. And like, where would you be at? And we all go through that, that, that type of stuff. And we, 
And that's why we were so big on like, we need to do this right. The release of this needs to be do- uh, done right. And this is the new journey for, for JHR. And that's why we, we call it the new era. And it's just like, in a lot of ways, like JHR's past is the past. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, that's why we say like, the future is now for us. And just really just embracing that moment. And like, that's why I feel like a lot of more of the newer stuff that we're working on right now, because um, this new one I'm working on called Paper Family, which I'm so stoked about, um, talks about that same thing. And it's just, I'm really, really, and it's not aimed towards my family or anything like that. It's just people who can just be plastic and fake. And, you know, you got to move, you got to move forward. And so we don't, when people ask me, you're like, oh, what's the journey? I'm like, I don't know, man. We're just, embra- uh, we're just embracing the moment, and we're seeing it where, it ta- uh, where it takes us. We have goals, yeah, but, like, our main thing is just, like, especially with production and uh, authenticity or whatever, as, like, you know, <laughs> you, know what I mean. <laughs> right, 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 you know what I mean? It's just our main thing is being able to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And if we are able to have a voice for people, like even if it's just one person, that's all I care about. Because that's what music is. You know what I mean? Like I remember growing up and just like just with C D players and like <laughs> and having like just cheap earphones and just putting a CD player and just like listening to Switchfoot or li- listening to Reliant K or listening to Linkin Park and being like, How the heck does this guy know what I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. And that's the way I write music. It's like it's not about career aspirations or anything like that. I just don't look at music that way, man. Like the way that I look at it is it's like, yeah, it's cool we accomplished that, but whose life did we affect? Mm. Like what's the what's the meaning behind this? And so like that's kind of how the band has changed. Is our main goal for the next year is what we're focused on right now is our single for no impact that we'll we're obviously have a lot of plans for tiktok and like all those things the spotify spotify playlisting there's going to be a lot of really cool things that we're going to be doing with our campaigns um and then we and in terms of the middle of that we have a live uh christmas show that we're going to be doing on the 22nd with uh lynn hearst's uh kevin um who plays rhythm guitar for or for lynn hearst um and so that's going to be really uh, really awesome so we're going to be doing that we'll definitely like put a link below in the live live stuff but um yeah so we're just be doing like a bunch of like your favorite holiday covers mm-hmm. um and then obviously we'll be dropping we'll be dropping no and then we'll be dropping the music video for that then we have a show with Jimmy's Chicken Shack um at JB Love Drafts because of Nick Myers and Nick Myers is amazing we love Nick uh, Nick he's awesome um and so yeah we're gonna be playing with a bunch of a bunch of just really really dope bands um and then we're just gonna really just be taking a little bit of a break just in terms of like flexing our arms and everything like that um and then the goal is basically for us to us to drop our ep on june 23rd um that's uh, that's the goal and that's as far as i will give you in terms <laughs> of details I know the details, but I'm not going right, to give it. I like the. Uh, there are also some other sneak peeks of things that we potentially will be dropping some things, 
uh, prior to the show at JB's. Um, we have some really, really awesome things uh, planned out. But that, but in terms of goals, like that, that's our main goal. That's uh, that's our main goal. I mean, like we're gonna be doing, but uh, we're gonna be doing a mini a mini tour in in June too. So that's that's also for uh, for that. But that's the most I w- I will give you. Um, but just like the team that we just have, and it's just expanding, um, has just really been built on that authenticity type of vibe. And Al- Alexandria Harmon has just been so great to us since day one. Like since day one has just helped us out, just expand that idea, ex- expand that heart of just being like, hey, what are more ways that you can connect with your fans? What are more ways that you can get messages out to your to your fans and everything like that? And so and so like that's our main goal. As long as we're able to connect with our fans and we're able to connect with our community that we're creating, we've done our job. And that's all we care about. That's good. So I have a question. How do you translate what you put into your single on stage? How do you mean? So like for example, I'm hearing all these synths, everything, a lot of <laughs> things going on. How do how do you translate that onto a stage? Backing tracks, man. I mean like that's really? just yeah, so basically JHR right now, um, it's just a lot of session players. So like Noah will play uh will play like rhythm a rhythm guitar for us. Um so well, he'll play rhythm slash lead, and most of the time I'll play I'll play rhythm. Um, and it's mo- mainly just three of us, so we'll have me playing rhythm guitar, and then Noah will do his thing, um, and then we'll have a drummer right behind us. It's either our friend Tristan Miller from Big Fat Minis, who's awesome, um, or we'll have some other players that will that will play play with us. And the reason why we did it this way was it's also because of that singer songwriter thing is that like. It, we're able to control our foundation mm. will be good. And so like, and we also just kind of embrace that too. That culture of just being like, I feel like a lot of people in central PA typically do this too. It's just like, Oh, well you don't have a band unless you have like a rhythm guitars or a lead guitars or a bass player, all that stuff. And like, what I say to that is like, why are you limiting creativity? Right. And like, there's not a, like some of my favorite bands are duos like civil wars is a great band a great band i mean like i can name so many bands that i'm i'm really into this one band called uh uh fly by midnight fly by midnight's a really a dope band that that's just blowing up right now um and they're just a duo project and they just have a drummer behind them like all the time and it's because like they have a lot of backing tracks and they're using like so what we use is we use an X-Air uh, for our backing tracks for in-ears and all, all that stuff. And so how we, we would do no is that same thing. <laughs> so, so, but that also means we got to be like on, on that click. Yes. That means you got to practice. Yeah, like, it's scary, but it's also like, all right, if you're good, let's go. Right. And... <laughs> I don't know. I, that sketches me out because I like to jam on songs. As I'm there to, with you. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm there with you. I'm definitely there. I'm not saying that there isn't that option to be oh, able to do, do that. You just got to be locked in. Right. And you got to be good. And I think that's also with our practices in terms of like being professionals because like we do our practices. 
that like that's no joke it's like all right we're given an hour just because our lives like i'm a dad dude you know what i mean like most i can give you is like two hours and stuff like that and i work like a nine to five so most of these guys do work nine to fives and so and that's just kind of like that's just kind of like the deal there um is like we gotta do our practices quick and that's why most of the time i tell my players i'm like hey practice your stuff or you're gonna mess up and so it's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just what it is like well, you just right. it like i've given you the homework all right do we're it. we're good to go like <laughs> there should be no reason why we're why, why we're not ready because you like a lot of times i'll give the bpms chord charts lyrics like i'll give instrumentals and things like that to where it's just like all right you have no excuse mm-hmm. why we should not be good so and that's there's mainly a reason why i do that is because like i've had a lot of practices before to where it's just been like just a lot of energy just put into just 30 minutes and don't get me wrong you definitely need to put that amount of energy but the way that i see it is like hey let's like if you can practice this at home do it at home do it at home and so we can be in a better position when we're actually jamming right and so i that's just the way that i've changed like how i go about things because again i have so much limited time does that answer your question yeah it does and you're absolutely right because i mean that that should be the standard at least uh for any band even i just think that's just growing up well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah of course but like 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 you said that it's only respectful, if anything, 100%. to uh, have practiced your stuff at home, especially if you like grow up in like high school band. That's what. You know. Yeah, but it also like that's my journey. That right. like that's what's good and feasible for me. I know bands that like practice every single week. <laughs> oh yeah, that's also true. Yeah, <laughs> like the Lenhurst guys practice all the time. So like, <laughs> so like I'm not saying like there's anything wrong with that or anything like that. I just think it just depends on like what you want to do though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, what's feasible for you? Because, like, some guys are just into, like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, I could show up, like, as a session player. But I know guys that are just, like, I actually want to connect with you because I want to do the grind with you. I see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. So it just depends, like, what you want out of it. That's the way I, I would see that situation. You mentioned doing some Christmas covers. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about how uh, you manipulate Christmas, old 50s Christmas tunes into Oh, man. Oh, man. Pop. I think each, each song is different. <laughs> each song is different because, like, when we did Jingle, uh, Jingle Bell Rock, um, yeah, because when we did Jingle Bell Rock, me and Josh got together and we were like, it was more so of an idea because when we had our release party, we were like, all right, so what's next? Like, and... I was just wanted to put a pop, pop punk, Reliant K, you know, type of cover out. And that's it. Like, I was just going to put something out like that just for content and everything mm-hmm. like that. And it just did not turn into that. We created something that was totally unique and different and definitely was out of my creative zone and more so in Josh's creative zone. And Josh's wings really able to flex um and that and it turned into very much this rock and roll version of jingle bell rock that i just never expected 
And he definitely challenged me in a lot of areas that I did not expect to be challenged. Even vocally, I didn't even expect to be challenged in those areas. And we came up with something pretty, pretty awesome. We were really stoked on it. I'm pretty sure the CPMA shared it. Um, we were cool. we were pretty uh, pretty excited about that. And one of my best friends is pretty pretty big tribute to that. Chris Ryder, Chris R- uh, Ryder was a big part of uh, playing into that. And and that's also another guy that's a part of our team. Like Chris, Chris has been such a big support of John Garcia and the Hope for Semantics. Like since he's known us and like yeah there's i can just say so many good things about chris but um yeah so like in terms of like that stuff the main inspiration was content we never thought we would take the routes that we have even with like what do you do new year's eve like we never thought it was gonna be this like ambient type mm-hmm. of thing we just thought we would just do like plug in our acoustic guitars do a real simp- a simple thing like Zoe Chanel and Justin, Justin Gordon-Levitt do. Just hook, uh, hook up a guitar and a, and a ukulele and let's just make it sound cute. But we just never thought we would just turn it into like this very like Hillsong slash ambient te- uh, type of thing. And it just turned out to be that way. And so, but what we'll be doing for the live streams is nothing like that. We'll just be, me and Kevin, um, we'll just be hooking up the acoustic guitar um, and just my vocals and just ranting about <laughs> <laughs> ranting about our uh, our uh, you know our holiday traditions with our families and everything like that and probably like our our gift lists of things that we want for Christmas <laughs> and everything like that. So it's it's just gonna be a good time. Um, it's just gonna be a really a really good time. We thought it'd be really good because like. Christmas is going to be right around the corner mm-hmm. and everything like that. So I hope that answers your question. Well, with that all said, this is John Garcia's and the Hopeless Romantics version of Jingle Bell Rock.
the jingle bell. That's the jingle bell ring. And that was Jingle Bell Rock uh, by John Garcia and the Hopes Romantics. That's that's uh, uh, it's Rocky. It's Rocky for <laughs> sure. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, there's there's the standard guitar that everyone knows. Yeah. And then it's like, bam! I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's Josh Engel My all jingles the way, are rocking. Man. Yeah, ja- that's Josh Engel all the way. It was very much we had some ideas and we. We were like, all right, that's cool, that's cool, that's not cool. But we want it. Josh is always trying to make things different. Mm. And so we definitely went a route. And, <laughs> and we at first were like, oh, I don't know. And then we were like, that's pretty cool. Let's like, let's keep on going with this. So it, it turned out to be something we didn't expect. But at the same time, Josh's just wings just really shined. Uh, shine through that that whole entire thing but yeah so going back to the past what thinking back what are some of the funniest or worst things that ever happened to you out on a gig or god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the worst thing that's ever happened has been a drummer bailing the night of why it's i think there was just a double booking or something like that that had happened and this is very early on in ghr and we had we were playing what were we playing i don't even know if it's around it was at this place called the circuit i'm pretty sure yeah it's a place called the circuit it's this little mini venue you only fit like 15 or 20 people in it yeah the sound was like really sketchy I remember, like, me and Chris, because me and Chris for a long time were just, like, trying to put, like, a band together. And those were just really just the trial days of GHR, and it was hard. And one of the drummers that we had practiced with and we were really stoked on, he just basically double-booked himself, let me know while I was, like, doing a video gig. And I was like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, but that's one of the worst things. Um, what would you do? We just we just played. Okay. I'm pretty sure we played acoustic. To be honest with you, um, which is my bread and butter. Mm. So I didn't really care. But like, you're also bummed at the same time being a young artist, and you're like, oh man, we could have went full band. Right, right. But like, that's yeah, that's probably the worst thing that that that's ever happened. Now you were asking the best thing or the funniest. Oftentimes are intertwined. The worst things in the moment. That's true, but there's a lot of funny moments, though. I'm just trying to think here. I could talk about some things, but they wouldn't be. <laughs> as long as there's no curse words, it's fine. Yeah, no, like it wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wouldn't be appropriate. Um, I'll just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, we'll just leave that up. Let's just say we have plenty of fun, of funny moments because we're all like really close. Um, whenever we're like recording stuff, it isn't just like, "Hey, I'm hiring you for this," and that's it. Um, it's just a part of like we're a part of each other's family. So like, um, Josh Engel, uh, Chris Ryder, 
and Noah, we most of the time we'll just like get together because Chris lives right next door to Josh's house. Mm. And that was kind of like a happy accident happened. And so we like a lot of times what will happen is like we'll just all get together and we're like, oh, shoot, we're recording too. Like it's just kind of a convenient thing that just happens. And we just have a blast doing it. And I can't tell you like a particular time or anything like that. I can just tell you that most of the time the GoPros are rolling and we just have a blast. And Chris is just nonstop giving me a hard time. And Chris has no filter. (laughs) I see. So there's nothing like I can't say like, oh, that was a funny time. Like it's just that's just kind of how we are. Um, and it's the same thing with me and Josh. I mean, like, we were just laughing our butts off the the whole entire time. Our last, when we were, we were doing some TikTok videos actually recently in his studio. And there's just some TikTok videos that we're just going to be dropping that are going to be really, really, really funny. And it's just very much the bromance that me and Josh have is that we're first really close friends. Mm. And that's kind of what happened with this project was that not only was it that I loved recording with him, I just didn't want to stop. And I didn't want to stop because I loved hanging out with him. And that's kind of the same thing that happened with Noah. And that that's kind of the same thing that happened with like our whole entire base. Because I just found out that it was just like, and this is just for me. I'm not saying it's the way for everybody, but I just feel like it's really shallow when somebody has just like one um, goal. They're like, hey, you're just here for to be a session guitar player. Right. Okay, we'll see you later. I'm right. like, that's kind of bad. Yeah. That's, <laughs> transactional friendships aren't the best. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah. Like, I just think it's shallow and it's just like, no, bro, like, if we're going to do some stuff, like, let's go hang out. Right. Like, and so, like, that's very much how I was with you when we, we first started talking on the phone. Yes, very much I'm so. I'm like, all right, I talk about myself all the time, whatever. I don't care about that. Like, right. let's, <laughs> let's get to know about you and your podcast and, 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 like, what your goal is and your mission. But I just wanted to ask you this live. I know I asked you this off air, but, like, I know people don't want to ask you this question a lot, but, like, how have you felt about this last year? This past year? I, yeah, man. The first time I've ever asked that. Um, in regards to the podcast? Or? Yeah, because you've had a big year, man. I have had a big... Well, it's my starting year, actually. Yeah, it's uh, the crazy part. And they, that is the crazy part. I started in April with Noah Althoff, uh, yeah. the first ever guest on, on the Story Podcast, and I would love to have him again, Noah, if you'd be interested, because, boy, have things have changed for the both of us, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's been incredible. I've met some of my actual, like, heroes in music. Uh, like Daryl Davis. I don't know if you know him I don't at all. Think so. He's the he was the piano player for Chuck Berry, uh, for the longest time. What? He l- played with Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, you know, played with Bruce Sting- Bre- uh, Bruce Bring- Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. That's the <laughs> one. Uh, before he was Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um. He, you know, he's played with he, Fats Domino, Chuck Berry. All, Chuck, I said Chuck Berry twice. Uh, Chubby Checker. That's the one who I was thinking of. Um, all these great legends. He was in the Muddy Waters National Band for the That's longest so time. That's so sick. It's incredible, right? Yeah. And not only that, but he has also he's also this really incredible uh, racial re- reconciliation work where he goes out into like actual like KKK rallies, and he's black, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah. He goes to 
to those uh, meetings and he starts de-radicalizing members of the KKK or the Nazis. What? Yeah, like the actual na- Nazi Party of America. That's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. He's collected over all of these hoods and he, he invited me down to his house and I was like, I got to see all of this collection of the hoods of, uh, you know, Roger Kelly, the the head, well, I think they call it the Imperial, whatever. I can, you know, they're all wizards. Yeah. Um, and he has, uh, like, he was like the top KKK member of Maryland. Um, wow. And he uh, de-radicalized him and all these other people. Just so turned those people over. Just, That's crazy. Yeah. Incredible person, incredible musician. And uh, I just went and saw a concert with him last night uh, at Sotropolis. He was there with uh, QDK. Okay. And the, Which are some of my other uh, favorite guests. Yeah. Because Quentin Jones is a Rockabilly Hall of Fame two-timer. Uh, endorsed by Gretsch Guitars. Yep. It's a, incredible. Uh, he played with uh, Charlie Charlie Gracie for the okay. longest time, one of the top names in folk music. And um, actually, he's having another concert, New Year's Eve, New Year's <laughs> Eve concert with, get this, Annabella from Bow Wow. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? He's having that. Uh, that's going to be December uh, 31st, I guess, um, at uh, Mickey's Black Box. So Dude, I'm telling you, man, like, Side note, like Mickey's Black Box is awesome. It is, and it's just like the the whole rock thing. lit. It's dude. It's, it's insane. It, it's kind of crazy because we talked about this briefly on the phone, and me and Noah were talking about this too. It's just like the whole scene that like rock Lidditz is just creating right now. It's, it's insane. insane. It's like L.A. and Lidditz. It's yeah, quite and, quite literally that. Yeah, and it's just like you would never think it. No, you would never. <laughs> it's just a big black box. <laughs> On you know on the street. Yeah, but it's also like I think one of the dope things that who was I seeing? I was seeing a show with, and that's the other thing that's great about our team is like we hang out outside mm. of the studio, and it's like our friendships aren't saturated. That's good. You see what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. To where it's yeah. more authentic, it's right, more right. real, and so that's not the purpose. We just like hanging out with each other, but like that's the main goal. Um, like we saw. A tiny moving parts, yeah. A tiny moving parts, really dope pop punk band. Um, they're so awesome. There's a trio band plugging their amps. Let's go. And um, the uh, main rhythm guy slash singer, he is, he's just so good. <laughs> he's just so freaking good. But one of the things we were talking about, because like Noah was texting me, and I was like, "Why are you not here?" And um. He was like, dude, you actually might run into Shawn Mendes. And yeah, I'm like, right. what? And he's like, yeah, he's recording right right over at Studio B right yep. now. And I'm like, you are kidding me. And he's like sending me stuff. And he's just like, yeah, Ariana Grande was just there the other day. Yeah, Lady Gaga's been seeing around. It's it's Madonna. Uh, not Madonna. Uh, but this Creamer was there. I think he was yeah. there doing some stuff at Atrium, he wasn't was, he? He was caught at a Waffle House, I think, or something like that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because it was in a newspaper or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's what I'm saying right now. It's just like the people who don't know, like especially like with mobile recordings and everything like that. And that's one of the things that I did want to touch on here is like our production just in terms of like really understanding what true production really changed. And like, I didn't touch on this a lot, but like with our Zoom calls and everything like that, those are things that we learned from those guys. 
because like if you're not into like the actual production and you're just like, hey, let's go to a studio and record, I'm like, well, you're gonna get a you're like get something. Like you're gonna get something, but you're not gonna get what you paid for. Right. Like that's just not gonna happen. And that's something that me and Noah and Josh and Carl just like really honed in on was like this stuff should be easy mm-hmm. when we come to the studio. And like we'll come up with extra ideas later. Uh, but that was like our main thing. Um, and that was something that we learned from, uh, learned from those guys. Because I, I can't tell you how many months we spent just on pre-production stuff. We just spent so much time on just pre-production stuff. Even little stuff. Even until the day of like pre-production stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe we should add this, 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 and this. Like, like I was telling you earlier, with my Google Drive and everything like that. Right. Like so many notes from our, or from our Google Drive or references. And I just encourage that culture. Like, because it's like, that's the way of the future, just doing Zoom calls and like actually having those conversations because there's so much potential that you're just missing out on. Yeah. And like, if you're not with it, you're going to be right behind it. Yep. I have one last question for you. Yeah, what's up? Uh, Well, two, they're both in combined. Are you a Christian? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Um. I'm just thinking of all the nights I was held up almost hostage by Matt Cross and Noah Altoff talking about predest- predest- Calvinism and <laughs> okay. and everything. Um, but uh, how does how does being a Christian influence your music at all, if at all? Uh, what? Yeah, there it is. It's a complicated answer. So basically, so I'm a bisexual Christian. Mm. Um and so basically yeah it is complicated and so basically um the way I believe I don't believe in religion I believe in faith mm. um and I don't think anybody should be dictated upon one other's beliefs um your peace is your peace and that's it and I just think and this is just my opinion I just think when it comes down to churches and everything like that and I've been around it with that whole entire thing and it's just and that's that's a totally different podcast right yeah that's a whole that's a whole other story (laughs) that's that's a different podcast but like might be several of them but like (laughs) but but it's just one of them things to where in a weird way it's kind of how i discovered who i was Mm. and um and that's part of that whole long journey but i just don't believe in a religion I believe in faith and whatever your faith is Christian or being a Muslim or Buddhist or anything like that, dude, all the power to you. Like, I'm not going to dictate you just because you're different. Like, I feel like the mentality that needs to change is like people need to stop looking at the black and white instead of what we can actually learn from each other. Mm -hmm. Like we should be having conversations of what we can learn from each other instead of just being like, no, that's wrong. Like, there is so much of a, of a community of being like, hey, how can I educate? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Educate myself. Not how you can educate somebody else, but educate yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's, like, my biggest thing is, like, in conversations, it isn't just, like, I'm puffing my chest out and seeing, oh, this is why I teach this person. Nah, bro. Because everybody's experience is different. Right. 
everybody looks at life differently and it's like life is too short to especially like yeah like life is too short to just be like hey i know everything like nah bro like i want to learn from you i want to know what your experience was here because like my perception and opinion on things could be totally different from how you see it and i think if anything in the last 10 years i learned was that the difference between being biased and being emotional, vice versa, to being object, uh, objective and observant. And I think there is a lot that you can learn by just being, being the crowd in the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Yeah. And so, like, that's very much how I, uh, how I look at it. And it's been a journey, you know, being a bisexual Christian and, and everything. It's still a journey. I haven't figured it out. But, like... <laughs> Like, there are things I've figured out, but there are things I'm right. still figuring out, man. But it's also, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, this is the only way to do it. My biggest thing is just, like, I just feel like us as a nation and as a body needs to basically be able to create a space that you can be protected, that you can be loved, and just say, hey, man, like, I've got your back. And... As long as you got that, who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, like that was the that was the whole goal with with Jesus to begin with. Like he was just trying to love people, and it just feel and I might get hated for this, but it's just like I just feel like a lot of Christians nowadays are modern day Pharisees. I agree, and that's just my opinion. <laughs> like I just I just feel like there's. There is just this norm of a lot of Christians that are just like, they're just modern day Pharisees. And it's just like, bro, you need to look in the mirror there for a little bit. So that's my beliefs. <laughs> well, with that said, what's worship to you? What's that? What's worship to you? Oh, God. I just think, again, I just think it's just an expression of the heart. Mm. And in any way that you express your heart to God, that's your own way. And I don't think that should ever be dictated by anyone. No, of course not. Because it's like, it's your communication with God. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it's not how everybody else sees it. You know, like, because at the end of the day, it's just it's just you and him in a room. He sees everything that you're going through and stuff like that. So, like, why does it really matter? What everybody's think, uh, everybody else thinks, or you going by the quote unquote rules. Right, right. Well, it's been fun. Yeah, this is a good conversation, man. So, where can people find you? Oh God! All right, so oh, you, God. <laughs> you could go on Facebook and uh, you just look up John Garcia and Hope or Semantics. Uh, you can go on Instagram, uh, and the thing is JHR Music, all caps. Um, what do we have? We have TikTok. We have our TikTok. It's just JHR John. Um, and those are just like our main, our main ones. And then you go on Spotify and just look up uh, John Garcia and Hope Semantics. Please follow us. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Please follow us. Please follow us. Uh, check out our music. We're going to be uh, launching our single on, on uh, January uh, 1st and then on New Year's Eve. It's going to be literally right at 12 o'clock when we're going to be dropping that. So we are so excited about it. And I just wanted to say just cutting off like first thing thank you so much oh, of course man for having having me a part of this like this is so awesome this is such a cool space and i and i've just been following your work and like 
I just think ever since Noah, like, I just think you're doing a really cool thing here, and I just think you're really creating like a really dope community here. Thanks. Yeah, that that's the goal here, and soon enough, I'll be putting on concerts. Really? Uh, featuring guests because oh, I, I have awesome. I have this whole roster of people that I can yeah. select from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my biggest dream would to be having my own venue and a week uh, it would be a week long concert. Oh, um, that's sick. And it would one day would be all pop, pop whatever. Yeah. And then next day all punk, all punk rock, whatever. Yeah. Alternative yeah, yeah. rock, you know, all the categories under rock. Next day, all rap. Next day, maybe I'll bring in an orchestra and have like sight reading of new new works yeah. by composers, whatever. And th- that that'd be it. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, of course, I'd you know have headliners and all that jazz, but most of it would just be you know your local uh, bands or your small time artists. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm gearing up now to do. Uh, so be sure if you want to stay tuned for all of that, make sure you follow <laughs> us. <laughs> we you can find us anywhere. The story, Corey Rosen. That's C O R Y R O S E N. We're on Facebook, Instagram, also TikTok, and we also have a website coming out very very soon. Called it's CoreyRosenProductions.com. It's not set up yet, but it will be very 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 soon. Also, if you want to check out any future guests, we have coming up this. Thursday, uh, Duhan Rosado. He is a uh, known as spoken music in in this community. He does really good work with spoken word and rap. He's also uh, has a collective called the Them Collective. I'm excited to hear more about that. And then Friday, we have Stephen Courtney, and he is a ch- children's music writer. Guess what? He has five songs on Sesame Street. What? Yeah, he's written five songs. Or Sesame Street. Oh, that's cool. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I'm excited to talk to him about all of that. And also, I do believe next Sunday we'll, we will have an episode with my good old friend, Nick Manuel, uh, a worship leader that uh, went through here. He's a good friend of mine, and I'm really excited to hear all, all the things that he had to say. That's awesome. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you guys later. All right. Bye.